Welcome back to A Cup of Coffee. I am your host and speaker, Leeville Coffee. Today, we have a special guest, the Miss Kathleen. She's a lawyer. She's amazing. She's fabulous. Kathleen, <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Hi, good to see you again. Yes, good to see you again. This is an emergency episode here because we had to get this out. We had to. We had to talk. Yep. We had to and talk. I apologize for my voice because it's kind of I'm losing it a little bit, so I might sound a little scratchy here and then, but that is, keep it. <laughs> that is okay. Uh, out here, I'm, I've been dealing with allergies like crazy. It's like my skin is itchy. My face is itchy. Oh my God, me too. So it's like, it's allergy season. So we we all should understand if you don't have allergies, you're lucky. If you don't have to deal right. with those, you're so lucky. Yeah. Totally. And living in the Bay too, you know, everything's like blooming and like, oh. Yeah. Like it's beautiful, but I'm like dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. A beautiful thing to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I missed our conversations. We last time we did written house, right? And then, you know, actually, I was just listening to the first podcast we did, and we covered so much like during that first podcast. Um and I was just listening and I was like, wow, we, we did cover some con law basics. I don't know if you remember, but we did touch I, on it. I do because I also went back and listened to, I listened to a lot because like people like asked me about my podcast. I'm like, oh, who have you had on? And I, I mentioned you. I'm like, hey, my friend, she's a lawyer. We talk about different things. I mentioned our episodes often. So and yeah. I go back and listen to them. And then to, to even just like, I guess, help myself be like a better podcaster. I just want to listen to my old stuff and see how I can improve. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I definitely listened to it. And it's like, we do cover a lot. We cover a lot. And we go into details about things. We go into like the nitty gritty. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I like it. I'm like, well, yeah, I you like, because you also helped me learn. So that way I'm like, okay, I, I can think a little bit differently <laughs> about things after we have our, our conversations. Right. And like, I want to be able to like break it down in a way that's like digestible. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially because like, uh, like I said, like before we started recording, I read a lot of things like in the media and when you try to Google it and you start reading what they're saying, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, how is that possible? Why is that possible? And right. you know more of the law than I do and then what the average person does. So to just to get that side of it, it's like, oh, okay. And you yeah. make it simple for us. It's like you put it in like, like you're talking to a third grader and that's perfect for me. That's really funny that you say that because the way I passed law school, <laughs> my I had this professor and they would always be like, you know, don't talk to me like a lawyer. Talk to me like I'm in the fifth grade and I don't know anything. And I did that all throughout law school. Like when I'm deep in finals, right? Like 100% of my grade is those four hours. Like I'll break it down. Like I'll, I'll speak to you. Like you're in the fifth grade, not like you're a lawyer. And I did that on the bar too. So anyone listening, if you're taking the bar, do it on the bar, like do that on the bar, break it down. Like whoever you're talking to is not a lawyer and they're in the fifth grade. And I promise you, if you work really hard, you'll pass. <laughs> I feel like that's just life advice because I'm not a lawyer. But even in my job, like what I do when I explain how my company works or how like the software works, the easiest way to do it is just talk to them as if they're in the third grade. Hey, right. I went here. I did this. This changed this. This caused this to happen. To fix that, go here and do this. 
It's like, yeah. just make it clear instructions in the nicest way possible so they can understand there's like no confusion. Yeah. And also another really good piece of advice that I was given in law school was like in my writing specifically, um, my legal writing professor, he would always be like, whatever you write, read it to your mom. And if your mom can understand it, then it's good. If your mom can't understand it, then it's not good. So literally I would call my mom or I would call my best friend who's not a lawyer. And I would, I would just sit there on the phone and just read. And I'd be like, do you understand me? Like to the extent, you know, like possible, like there are going to be things that I say that you're like, what? But like, mostly like, if you get like the gist of it, then it's good. But if they're, if they're like, I have no idea what you just said, then it's not good. So (laughs) make it simple. Keep it simple. simple. So that's kind of, I feel like our podcasts are really good in that way. Right. Cause we're kind of like, let's just break it down, make it simple, like make it easily digestible for everyone. Right. Yes. Like, cause I'm not talking this, uh, this is not for lawyers, you know, this is for society. Like lawyers already have all that. You know what I mean? They don't need to hear this. So exactly. this, is, this is for us. This is for friends. This is for people in society so that's yep. the goal is break it down like we're in the fifth gra- fifth grade <laughs> just keep it simple because because uh, I, I do have some questions I know I sent you some earlier yeah and whatever also of course like fair I glanced at them to be honest with you um <laughs> I sorry I've been running around all day it's okay but whatever like fair game is any question so go ahead yeah because like well, I just have like simple questions like like so I did a little bit of reading so I know a little bit one of my oh questions, yeah you did you read some of the stuff I sent you oh yes I did and like so I was reading that and that led me to ask some of the questions because I was like oh I didn't know some of these things or like how these laws were even made like one of them is like the 14th like isn't the fourth uh the 14th amendment right to privacy shouldn't that protect abortion because that's like the woman's private private life i'm so proud of you oh yes yes i did my homework (laughs) (laughs) um wow i'm so proud such a proud friend okay yes when you sent me that information and said hey did you see it i I was like i looked at it briefly when i was at work i was like okay no i need to be at my on my computer when i read this because this is important information and then um this morning uh after i got up uh maintained uh hung out for a little bit i was like hey but i have to do this for kathleen I popped up on my laptop, read the information, Aww. and I was going back and forth and writing notes, and I was putting notes in my in my phone. I was like, this is serious, because even Tatum told me, she was like, hey, this is an important podcast. You 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 need to do this. You have to do this, because this is going to affect her, possibly. It affects me. If I have daughters in the future, it's going to mm-hmm. affect, and women make up more than most of the population in America anyway. So this We're is like half, affect- right? Yeah. It's, it's like more than half. So it's like, this is affecting more than half of the population. Yeah. Wake up people, because if they can change this, what else can they change? Yeah, totally. And okay, so I think I'm just gonna like preamble preliminary stuff is, and I don't know if you recall, but do you remember me talking about like the different levels of scrutiny in our first podcast? Do you yes. remember? I was like, There's strict scrutiny, intermediate scrutiny, and then rational basis review. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. So I just kind of want to, I guess, cover that again 
Um, sorry, I'm like so I'm like so upset still from this news that like I'm literally like as I'm talking, I'm thinking about it and I'm just getting upset. <laughs> hey, hey, this this is the place for you to, to be able to voice your opinion, voice just just get that out there. This is like a, a safe place here. There, you know, there's yeah. no judgment for me at it's all. Just, I'm actually on your side and I I I feel so much I empathy and, and sorrow for women because it's like why is this even being discussed? Right, right. So, okay. So three levels of scrutiny. So we have strict scrutiny, intermediate scrutiny, and rational basis review. So strict scrutiny, the government has to have a compelling government interest and the means taken to achieve that government interest have to be um, like very closely related to achieving that interest, right? So that's strict scrutiny. That's the highest level of scrutiny. Then you go down to intermediate scrutiny and the government has to have an important government interest and the means taken to achieve that important government interest have to be substantially related to it. And then it comes down to rational basis review. Now with rational basis review, they just have to have a legitimate, and I'm using their words, right? They just have to have a legitimate government interest and the means taken to achieve that just have to be rationally related to it. So if something if something is given the standard of strict scrutiny, right, the government's going to lose 90%, 99% of the time. And like the petitioner, the person going before the court is going to win. If it's intermediate scrutiny, kind of 50-50, it can go either way. More likely the petitioner will win, but it's kind of like up in the air, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if it's rational basis review, that's the lowest level of scrutiny. And that means that the government is going to win 100% of the time. And I, I'm breaking this down in, I'm breaking it down, right? Like this is not exact terms that I'm using, but the, well, the, standard, the standards that I just listed out, those are exact. Now, now let's talk about abortion which is why we are here today. So, and to start off that conversation, something that you brought up, yay, so proud, 14th Amendment, you did your homework. Yeah, so in the constitution, we have what's called the due process clause, right? So there's two, there's actually two kinds of due process. There's procedural due process and substantive due process. And today what we're talking, well, okay. Specifically with abortion, what we are talking about right now today, what we are going to be talking about is substantive due process. Okay. So with procedure, you have, you have to have like notice or right to be heard in a meaningful place in a meaningful manner at a meaningful time procedural, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about substantive and substantive due process, which is derived out of the fifth amendment. And this is super complicated, even for law students. I, I didn't understand this for so long until like right before I took my calm law final when I was in law school. So it all derives out of the due process clause, which is out of the fifth amendment. However, we there's something called the incorporation doctrine. So essentially what we do, because the fifth, okay, one through 10 amendments think federal. After that, think state. But what we do is we take what we can because we need that right we need to have those protections in the states too right? right not just federally so what we do with the incorporation doc doctrine 
is those rights taken from the due process clause from the Fifth Amendment, we use the 14th Amendment as a vehicle. And we that's how we're able to, we, we, we take it from here. Oh, people can't see me if they're listening to me. I'm like trying to use my hands right now. <laughs> we can see a little bit, you're like this, so I can see a little bit. Oh my bit. God, I'm trying to like use my hands and I'm like, wait, people are going to be listening to me so they can't see my hands. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, people. Um, so we, we use the 14th Amendment as a vehicle to take over those protections and make it applicable to the states, okay? okay. So that's where... You're so smart for noticing that. Yay. It is, it's a really complicated thing. Like I literally, like when I was in law school, I would draw a car. Like I would do fifth oh. amendment, draw a little car for myself and then 14th amendment and then do like a triangle down. Boom. It's applicable to us now. Okay. okay. So now with that being said, so a fundamental right, any fundamental right which includes family autonomy, privacy rights. And, and I think people are familiar, but if you're not family autonomy, so like, do you want to live with your nuclear family and or have like your great aunt or your grandpa, or your grandma live with you, your extended family, that's family autonomy. What language do you want? You know, is your partner Spanish? Like, do you want them to speak Spanish in the home? Do you want them to learn Spanish at school. Like what languages do you want your children to learn? That's part of that, right? This is right. all encompassed in the privacy rights. Um, your right to contraception, of course, birth control, uh, condoms, contraception, men, if you're listening, condoms count, this matters. Yep. Um, and marriage, so fundamental, loving versus Virginia, interracial marriage, a Burgerfell versus Hodges, gay marriage so fundamental to our liberty. And th that's the word I'm getting to is liber liberty. <clears throat> when the government deprives you of life, liberty, or property, so death row uh, liberty interests, such as what we're about to be talking about today, or what we are talking about, property, your house, right? Takings, right? That all that, that's the due process. That's where due process is going to be triggered. That's where substantive due process is going to be triggered. Of course, procedural, procedural is as well, but we're not going to focus on that today. Today we're focusing on substantive. So when that's when your liberty interest is triggered, then or when it's being deprived, when you're being deprived of your liberty interest, then that's going to be triggered. So abortion is part of your privacy rights. That's part of your liberty. It's part of your, your reproductive liberty to <laughs> have a child or to not have a child. And so um, I think I'll lay out a little bit of case law maybe. Yeah, I think so. Go for it. Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, when it was decided, that gave us the fundamental right to choose. When Roe v. Wade was, when Roe v. Wade was decided, strict scrutiny was the standard, which is good because strict scrutiny is the highest level of protection, as I told you, right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few years later, Planned Parenthood versus Casey comes down. So Planned Parenthood versus Casey, I believe it's a um, God, don't, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I believe it's a plurality and not an opinion, which kind of makes a difference actually. Um, so it's like a split, right? 
um yeah but i think it is anyways <laughs> planned parenthood versus casey when that was decided it gave us the undue burden test which what is still and i'm going to say still because the leaked alito draft is not final however it's going to be final in the summertime we all know that's going to happen um okay what is that we'll get there okay but, so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going with casey because okay. i'm kind of like add you know what i mean so like <laughs> chronological hey, hey, no. order <laughs> okay we got it we going so with casey um the undue burden test right so did you read oh no yeah you did okay um so when we're analyzing the undue burden test from Planned Parenthood versus Casey, under this test, there can be no ban or undue burden on abor abortion pre-viability, okay? An undue burden is defined as a state regulation that has the purpose or effect of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion of a non-viable fetus. And viable, everyone, in case you don't know, means that it can survive outside the womb. Um, a ban on abortion post-viability is okay, with the exception of a woman's health or life. Incidental burdens on abortion are also okay. And the following has been uh, upheld as not being an undue burden. So that would be informed consent. So you have to have informed consent before you do this. That makes sense, right? right a waiting right. period. So some states require you to have like a 24, I think it's like 24 to 48 hour waiting period. I think like Idaho or no, Washington has like a 24 to 48 hour waiting period. I don't, I actually don't know about California. I'm not sure, but that's okay. Um, parental or judicial consent. Um, and the reason it's parental or judicial is because if your parents are abusive and then you can't go to them or they'll like kill you and beat right. the shit out of you if you're getting an abortion, then you could get it from the consent from a judge. Um, licensed physicians, that's okay. A ban on late-term extra extraction, that's okay. That's not an undue burden. Bans on public financing. But what's been struck down as being an undue burden is spousal consent. So if you're in a domestic violence like relationship and your husband's gonna like beat you, you don't want his consent. So that's an undue burden admitting privileges so like so the the person the physician performing the abortion on you they don't have to have admitting pr privileges to wherever they perform it to like the nearest hospital um and surgical center it does not have to be performed at a surgical center all those three things have been struck down as an undue burden okay wow mm -hmm. yep and so that's the current law right now still still because this draft is not final yet but this is currently the law right now so back to your question you asked me regarding the leaked draft right yes like you want to so what exactly did you want to ask about that so like what is it I, I didn't even know uh I don't even know about it so okay and I read it last night and I literally cried <laughs> I was like crying last night reading it so sad and disappointing um so pretty much justice alito not pretty much justice alito he wrote the he wrote the opinion um and once again it's a draft so it's not 
finalized because you know when when justices are like when justices are putting out an opinion they're going to go through like rounds of like editing drafting like yeah. all that um so it's a draft but it was leaked by i believe a law clerk which they're a hero <laughs> in my eyes for leaking it honestly um but pretty much justice alito overrules roe versus wade and planned parenthood versus casey and I don't know if you saw, I was like posting about it, but he literally is citing treatises from the 13th century, the 13th century. I'm not, I'm, I, you can't make this up. I'm not lying. Things have changed so much since then. 13th century. I don't even know what year. Can we, can we look up what year that is? What year is that? That's like. Yeah. Let me look it up on my phone really quick. Yeah. The 13th century was January 1st, 1201. There you go. 1201? Yeah. So 1201. What year is it? 2022? That's wild, right? Like, <laughs> I, I am not lying. Like, he was literally citing. I mean, you, you could all read it yourself. Um, oh, my God. We have a little time left thing in the corner. Do you see it? Yeah, I do. So when that ends, I'm gonna just start another, another, another uh, recording. So it'll be like okay. a, a, a part one, part two. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So he was citing treatises from the 13th century. He was citing when the uh, 14th. He was citing. He started referring to when the 14th Amendment was ratified, um, which was in 1868. <laughs> But like, what's his point? Um, his point was to show, okay, so taking it a step back, liberty interests, like the way that we decide whether or not something is a fundamental right, we there's two different tests. There's the historical test and there's the, some people call it like the ph philosophical test. So philosophical test and the historical test. So is it one, deeply rooted in the nation's history or two, is it like inherently like important and good? Like, is it phil philosophically like we, this needs to be a right. Okay. And so pretty much his argument was that this is like, there's no history, like history, not only there's no fundamental traditional roots in history, abortion, but also it's not inherently good in nature pretty much is what he was saying to sum it up and so he was saying that's his justification for um for thinking for his interpretation of the constitution that's his justification for saying that it's not a fundamental like it shouldn't be a fundamental right in, in fact he actually explicitly said that it was wrongly decided roe v wade <laughs> he wow. was Oh yeah. Oh, it, it, his opinion was like. Kathleen. Kathleen. I might've lost you. I might've lost you. 
Kathleen, you there? I want to stop. All right, there okay. we go. Sorry, everyone. My Wi-Fi like kicked me off. That was really wild. Okay. It happens, but we're back, baby. <laughs> we're back. Okay, yeah. So um, the historical test and philosophical test. You heard me like define them, right? Yeah. Or did I, or did I drop off? <laughs> no, I heard, no, I heard you define them. And then you, and he said that was like what he was arguing. Uh, yeah. So that, that's what I heard. And then it cut off. Oh, yeah. So pretty much he was stating like nowhere in the nation's history um, is, ab is abortion like part of the tradition, like hist history's tradition. And it's not inherently something that's like he it, okay, I'm putting this in my words, like human in nature, I guess, like, it's not something that's inherently like good that people do. And that was kind of his way of justifying. And then and then he of course, he's citing to 13th century treatises. And when the 14th Amendment uh, was ratified in 1868, and just all that. And it's just like, <sighs> I'm so but like we've grown since then. So as we grow as a nation, shouldn't the way we think about things and our ideas change? Like women can now also, they can also vote. This isn't the 1800s. Yeah. Women, women can have jobs. Women can, women don't need men to own bank accounts and think, you know, things have evolved and changed. So shouldn't women also be able to say, hey, this is my body. I do mm -hmm. not, I, for whatever reason, she does not want to carry that child anymore. Like, it's, I, I don't want to say it's, it is human nature, but if you know you're not able to or willing to take care of something, you, you don't keep it. You don't hold on to it. You, you don't. Well, what about if it's, what about if you have a pregnancy, for example, in your fallopian tube? where the baby is, it's going to die. It's not going to survive and it's going to kill you or the mom. So one thing that's very, very alarming to me is that over half, more than half of the States in the United States have tri like trigger laws is what they're calling it. So as soon as this decision is like comes down and is final, which is going to be in the summertime, um, I, I mean, the high probability that it will come down and be final. It's not for sure, but very high probability. Um, as soon as that happens, those trigger laws and all of the states are going to go like they're going to be automatically implemented and enforced. And and it's pretty much going to make all abortion like illegal completely. And I, God, I don't know what state it's in. I think it's in the state of, I can't remember, but somewhere in the Midwest, um, they're trying to legislate, the governor proposed like draft legislation, making a, like where if you get an abortion, you'll be charged with homicide. Why? Wow. Homicide. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a, like it can't live and breathe yet. It's it's not even like what if it's like you said if if it's in her fallopian tube and she has to get that abortion to so she can live. 
because if she doesn't, they're both going to die. So that would be two people that's dead, you know. Mm-hmm. Or what if what if she just financially can't afford it? What if yeah. what if she what was, if you're raped? Yeah, you know, what if she was in a, a victim of, of of rape and psychologically she can't even attach herself to the child? She don't want to carry her rapist child or have her. That's that's a stupid law. It's effed up, <laughs> very effed up. And so, oh, another, we should take it a step back though, is to, I don't know if you recall, do you recall in the first podcast, we talked about like the different kinds of um, methods and ways that lawyers interpret the constitution. Do you remember us talking about that? It's like one is like practical and one is like, to the law, like to the letter. Yes, exactly, exactly. So there's originalism, modified originalism, and non-originalism. So modified, or so originalism is someone like Scalia, uh, Justice Barrett, uh, and all the, (laughs) oh God, Uh, yeah, sorry. I have to take a moment to like contain my anger towards her. Um, completely and, understood yeah and you know the uh like gorsuch all of them right so they identify as originalists there's modified originalists and i actually i'm not sure what chief justice roberts is i don't know i actually don't know which way he, he kind of he's di- like in, in the middle yeah he's kind of interesting because he'll go one way and then he'll go another way I, I kind of think, I actually don't know this for sure, but I kind of get the feeling that he's a modified originalist. Um, and then you have a non-originalist, which is someone like RBG. So an originalist, I don't know if you remember us using the example of like the sky being blue, but like- I don't remember the example. So let's say like there's three people and everyone's like talking about the sky being blue. So like an originalist will look up and be like, yes, the sky is blue. It is only one blue, it's sky blue. It is one shade of blue, it's one color. Boom, that's it. A modified originalist will look up and be like, yeah, it's a blue sky, but then, oh, look, there's a little cloud making it a little bit darker here. And like, there's a little cloud here making it a little bit darker. And then a non-originalist will look up at the sky and they'll be like, uh, yeah, I see teal and purple and orange, like, you know what I mean? So okay. if you, you take that example and then apply it to the constitution. So Ooh. for example, an originalist will look at the constitution and be like, men have the right to vote. Men, men have the right to vote. Does it say woman in there at all? No. No, it doesn't. So somebody who identifies as an originalist will read that and be like, oh, only men have the right to vote. Women don't have a right to vote. And I just, I want to make sure that society knows that Justice Barrett identifies as an originalist. She is a woman. I am sure that she votes. So technically, technically speaking, She's going against her own interpretive methods. <laughs> you, she is a woman. She is a female. And I am sure she votes. You know what I She's mean? She's voting against her own best interests. Literally, literally. Because guess what? We, 
we technically don't have the right to vote if you if you interpret the constitution as an originalist of course we don't as women of course we don't yeah you know? like so you you could see where i have many issues with that i'm sure yeah. <laughs> um and then somebody like rbg who's a non-originalist she's like yeah it says men have the right to vote, but like, look at women now, like we are equals. We are in, we are independent people. Like we have our own thoughts. We have our own feelings, like da, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Like that's where being a non-originalist and being an originalist makes different, the difference, right? So going back to our privacy rights, the vast majority of our privacy rights come from non-originalist interpretations of the constitution such as loving versus virginia i mean interracial marriage yes right thank you interracial marriage hello hello yeah like obergefell versus hodges gay marriage yeah. hello that neither of those things are in the constitution that derives from non-originalist lawyers justices interpreting like, hey, we know it, it doesn't say that gay people can get married in the constitution, but look at love is love. Like, yeah. let's let them get married. Yeah. Like that's, that's the progression of society. So we originalists refer to the constitution is as pretty much like a dead document, like a non-living document, but non-originalists, like we refer to it and I guess I'm kind of identifying that way, I guess. I, I, I lean modified non, but I am nowhere near, no, absolutely not. Like I definitely, <laughs> um, I'm more non-originalist than anything. We look at it and we're like, no, the constitution is a li living document. Like could the founders, could the framers, and by the framers, I'm referring to the people who drafted the constitution, could the framers in back in like 1776, could they have foresaw cell phones? Could they have foresaw, uh, uh, what are the things called that fly in the sky? God, my, my brain is so fried. Airplanes. Air, airplane. <laughs> Airplanes. No, the little ones. Uh, drones. Oh, drones. Drones. Drones are really interesting. That's like really interesting law around that. Like space ships and da, 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 da. like the list goes on right mm -hmm. could they have known all these things and, and also like weapons of mass destruction yes they had guns but they had the kind where it's like like literally it's going to take you like 45 <laughs> seconds to reload a bullet okay yeah like could they have foresaw weapons of mass destruction for example could they have foresaw even machine guns like absolutely not they couldn't oh. have right so you see what I'm saying in the progression of uh, technology and human nature. And that's why interpreting the constitution as a living, breathing document, which is what non-originalists do, is so like paramount. Like to me, that seems to make sense. Like that seemed like it would be common sense. And I, I often say common sense is not common because it's only, you know, relative to, relative to like what you know but I feel as if as the world grows and changes, the laws that were made should also grow 
and change yes with the people because if you keep it the same as people come and go and things change no one's going to want to live by those laws yes right and then, and then it's like as people as people grow the people who are affected by that change get into politics and get into those high places like you now as a woman have have that opportunity you want more change and then mm-hmm. that's called and breed you know the next generation want more change so i don't see why we are not seeing that as a living breathing breathing updating document that changes constantly yeah and i mean we we have been for the past 50 years right since roe v wade like and also oh my gosh it's justice barrett uh like i'm disappointed in all five of them who went with the majority i'm disappointed in all of them but as a woman i am especially just at a loss for words really at at the way that she um joined the majority in that in that draft opinion it's just like it feels so like like she's a traitor (laughs) you know what i mean like 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 you are a woman like protect us help us like you know it's just crazy to me that we we went so we can't we have come so far to go so far back like it literally we're going back to like 1950 yeah it's like it's ridiculous yeah and it's interesting too because it's like this is going beyond abortion because if this if they can do this which they're going to do um with abortion they can do this with interracial marriage they can do this with gay marriage they can do this with your right to contraception they could do they could start they're just chipping away chipping away chipping away do i think the government should be in the bedroom absolutely not like they should not be that should be between you and your partner you know what i mean i believe anything that's that's private should remain private like i'm someone who my fiance is white, I'm black, we're in an interracial relationship. I don't want anyone telling me what we can or cannot do in our in our apartment. This is our apartment. This is our privacy. You, you shouldn't be able to say, I can't marry her. Why of not? not? You know, you shouldn't be in like you shouldn't be able to tell a woman she she has to have her child. You yeah. don't know, you don't know what, what she's going through mentally, emotionally, you don't know. You don't know what, how, why she got pregnant, how she got pregnant, how her time has been during her pregnancy. If she has a support system in place financially, if she, if she could take care of the child. There are so many things that I've just thought of. And I'm just a guy on the outside just trying to advocate for women in the best way that I can. And I thought of those things. And I'm just like, but women also have told me that, you know, your body changes and you see yourself differently. And after you have a child, you might have postpartum depression. And mm-hmm. it's so much more that goes into having a child. And then I, and that's just like, I think it's stupid. I'm sorry. And, but what about like all the people who are against it? Okay. Are you going to adopt those children? that they're going to have are you going to take care of them what like are you going to financially support them like yeah i just don't understand i don't understand if you're against it then don't get one you know what i mean like yeah. nobody's holding a gun to your head nobody's forcing you to get one 
why, who are you to say what another woman can or can't do with her body, especially as a man, especially as a man, like you do not have a uterus, like stop, Yep. you know? And like, the only thing I could ask is like, what's the purpose of overturning this law? Like, like, are you guys like checking some numbers that we don't know about and we're like behind on making children or something or, or is it a money grab for more hospitals or religion? Like- it's religion and it's control. This is all everything. This is all about control. They just want control, like ultra super conservative people who who believe in this because there are conservative people and I'm friends with conservative people who like are pro-choice too, you know, but the ones who are pro, who are the ones who are, I'm not even gonna call it pro-life because it's really not pro-life. The ones who are against abortion, it's about control and they want to shove their religious ideals down people's throats. I'm Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic, but I, and I feel like in high school, I kind of didn't like really practice my religion as much. And I became more religious in law school. And I think I told you like, and throughout the bar, because like, I was like, please God, like save me, you know, it was, it was a tough time, tough times. And so I became more religious and I don't even know if I like, I've never been in a situation where I would have to make that decision. I don't know which way I would choose, but I'm sure as hell, I'm not going to force anyone else to choose a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, that's none of my business. Like it doesn't affect me personally at all. Yep. And so I just, it's crazy. And, you know, going back to, I, I, I laughed actually. And when I was leading, when I was reading Alito's draft last night, um, there's something called stare decisis, which essentially is a, is a lawyer word for like precedent. And we have 50 to 60 years worth of all this like precedent, right? Starry decisis. And he actually, and I've been saying that the whole time, like, what about starry decisis? And it's interesting because in all five of them, in all five of their Senate confirmation hearings, they were directly asked, every single one of them, how would you rule, you know, in a case regarding abortion? Like, would you overturn Roe v. Wade? Every single one of them said no, because they adhere to the doctrine of starry decisis. And it's ironic because Alito, I was reading last night, he was like, cite, he was like referencing stare decisis and being like, oh, like in the opposite way, right? He was referencing stare decisis and he was like, oh, well, you know, case law throughout history, once again, going back to like 1868, like the 14th Amendment, there was no case law surrounding this. Like, and it's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Literally Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, Casey, like that is part of it. Like it it just, it, that part as a lawyer really upset me. (laughs) So, so, so like, he's like going, he's looking past those cases and saying, Hey, let's look way back in the 1201 yeah 1201 and say hey there was no law against this here yeah this is my defense because back then women didn't have many rights unless you were royalty or of money even then you had very little rights yeah and one interesting thing too well okay here's a positive here's one positive thing that i can say is that 
states such as California are currently undergoing legislation and all that to codify Roe v. Wade into our state constitution. So if you're living in California, and I'm sure it will happen, but it's going to be protected in our state constitution. So you're, so you're okay if you're living here, but it's just, it's so horrible for over half of the country. What about if you're poor and you can't afford to, what if your nearest like abortion clinic is in California and you, you don't have the money to fly there. Like you don't have the money to drive there. Like you're stuck. What what happens? Like, or women are going to die. Women are going to die. They're going to get abortions, but it's not going to be safe. Yeah, it's like either you're stuck and you're just going to have the child or you're going to go get an abortion. And this is something I was talking, like I said, I was talking to Tatum about it. She was like, well, also think about the men who want you to get an abortion. Yeah. And you're saying, I'm not going to get an abortion. I can't get an abortion. That's another thought as well of maybe they may, uh, you know, go through uh, extra means as well to try to get you, make you have an abortion. It's just, it's a lot of negatives that I see coming from this if you live in a state that's going to, go with the letter of the law and say hey abortions across across the board it's like yeah and you know it's it really feels like if you're anything other than like a white man (laughs) in this country it feels like man like what rights do i actually have right now you know it's just I'm just very, I'm so, so disappointed, so disappointed in SCOTUS because they, all five of them explicitly said that they would not overrule Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that it's, you know, stare decisis, like they'd adhere to the doctrine of stare decisis, but I guess that's all a lie. I don't know. Like they're, they're not based on the draft opinion, of course, and I hope this happens, they do not have to make a final version of that. They could rewrite the whole thing if they right. want to, you know, they could re and they can like, that is a possibility, but I don't think that will happen, you know? And this is really kind of like the after effects of Trump, the Trump presidency, which we didn't really talk about because, you know, RBG dying and then him literally what within a week and a half replacing her seat with justice barrett which was like so 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 offensive like like you could at least honor her death you know you could wait a little bit like it just felt like just they're stomping on her grave it was rushed it was absolutely rushed because they wanted to fill the seat with someone like her and they did and mission accomplished like look at what it's causing you know what i mean like yep and of course, like you and I talked about offline, like she should have, she should have stepped down two to three years before her dying, but it's kind of irrelevant at this point, you know, like he still did that. So, I mean, it's just, and you know, all the men who are like, Eh, yeah, this doesn't like, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Like, which is so selfish and crazy. Like I hope to not know any men like that. <laughs> um, but they're wrong because it does affect them. What about condoms? Do y'all use condoms when you're having sex? Like that is going to, that has potential to be affected. That comes from the right to privacy. Yep. Like, 
that is literally encompassed in the right to privacy. So, but, it, but even more on that, like, like for men, it's like, okay, hey, let's say you do, let's say you don't wear condoms and you guys are just playing loose and she gets pregnant and you're like, oh, I want, I want her to get an abortion. She can't. What if you have daughters? What yeah. if you have daughters? What if you have, you know, what little sisters, nieces? Cousins? Yeah. yeah. The, these things happen. And it's like, or like, let, let's not even say rape. Let's say they have sex one time. That's all it takes yeah. is one time. And they're like, it just happened. Oh my gosh. And you're stuck. Right. Her, her life is now, she's a mother. And you're going to have to do something to take care of that child. And, you know, of course, all the rich men and all those, uh, um, you know, states in the center of the country, they have the money. Oh, they all, ha- oh, so many of them have like side pieces, mistresses, you know? Yep. Yeah. They're going to fly them out to California. You know, they're going to fly them out to Washington, wherever, like New York to get a procedure done. They have the money to afford that. Right. Yep. But other people don't. And so this really is, it's an attack on women. It's an attack on poor people, really, like people in poverty. Um, It's an attack on minorities, too, you know, in so many ways. Um, It's just really, really scary. And I, the most important thing that we can do, and I'm talking like society as a whole, is protest. Go out and protest speak your mind, you know, like share with the world, like speak your mind and like keep on putting pressure on the government to show that this is not okay, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, in anything that, that I can do, I, I, I will help. I will try, you know, because like I said before, and I'll say it again, this is stupid. Yeah. It's, literally, it's literally stupid. It's, it's, it's a form of birth control it's, it's, it's this should be a part of healthcare. like hey you're a woman if you need to have this procedure done you know come in let's talk about it i, I agree with the you know the the 24-hour wait you know waiting period yeah, yeah that's fine and the court has even held that's fine you know that's not an undue burden yeah you know take some time come back and think about it if you, if you come back the next day i know you're 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 still going for it going forward with it and then you know proceed forward that should be just a universal law, like a federal law to say, hey, women women have the ability to do this. Women can do this if they want to. There should not, yeah. there, there should not be anything. There, this shouldn't even be a discussion right now. This shouldn't be like, and like I the laugh because, even, yeah. like it's ridiculous. The fact that like men are saying, hey, women, we don't even understand what you all you go through when you're pregnant but you're going to have to go through this because we don't want you to abort the child. And then it's like, for are you going to help? Are those rich people who want this to be done, are you going to send them a check every month to make sure their child eats and they're taken care of and yeah. they have a, a good living? Yeah. And I mean, once again, church and state, why are we mixing the church and state? You know? Yeah. Like it's supposed to be an independent branch of the government the judiciary and come on y'all are going to sit there and tell me that this is not politically influenced get real get real no 
it 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 definitely is. And I just I just want to know why. Like, like what's the purpose? Like, what's the thought behind this? Who, you know, like what's the what's the plan here? You know, what what numbers are you looking at that that we as citizens don't know about? Because to us citizens, this is a dumb discussion. This is a dumb idea. And I don't think most people are gonna go for it. I don't think I don't think most people want this to happen. It, it's like, well, yeah. There's actually a recent poll, and it shows that sixty percent of America of America's population, like the, our entire country, sixty um, percent of us believe in pro-choice that a woman should have the right to choose. Yeah, and and only forty percent. So that's the scary part is that the minority of the population their ideals are it it's what is being implemented into the law of the land comma you know there's no higher level of the law and that's why it's just so 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 disappointing and it makes me scared for like the next generation like you know our 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 generation's kids and their kids like what is going to happen i mean because it's a lifetime appointment. Like they're going to be there until they die. It's a lifetime appointment on yeah. the Supreme Court, you know? Yeah. And like, and that's the scary part because now we have to just be upset with the rules that they make or the changes that they make. And it's like, that's yeah. what someone steps down or passes away. And then you have the hope that the next person who gets, you know, appointed to that position is able to think progressively i i will say yeah. because if you keep thinking in the past we're going to be stuck in the past and there's no reason for us to go backwards that right. will just divide us as a country like i feel like right now as a country we're already divided but i feel that would just be even a bigger division the more we try to take these things back to how right. they were and you know I think it's in Indiana. Did I, did I already tell you this, that the governor, um, or no, not the governor, a Senator there, he pretty much proposed that like, Oh yeah. Interracial marriage should be left up to the States. Pretty much. He's implicitly saying like, Oh yeah. Loving versus Virginia. That should be overruled. Loving versus Virginia. Interracial marriage in 2022. Like, this is this has gone be it's bigger than abortion but of course abortion is front and center right now but that's not to say that other that's the first piece that's 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 the first domino it's like they have like you know a pick and they're just picking away at it right and so it's just so crazy to me because i feel like i mean i this is all i mean i i guess it's a little different because i'm a lawyer so of course i'm thinking about this like every single day since the news came out but I feel like society like wake up you know what I mean like this should you should be thinking about this daily like I know I know I have been because like Tatum like 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 as soon as like I think she saw it on Twitter she woke up in the morning like babe wake up you have to see this she's like they're trying to overturn Roe v Wade and I'm I'm thinking it's a joke. Like I'm thinking she's joking, right? I'm like, okay, like, no, like, you can't do that. She's like, no, 
they're doing it. Like they're trying to do it. And then I was in, I was like, okay. And like two days later, someone pulled up, I saw a post and someone was like, hey, if they can overturn, overturn Roe v. Wade, they can overturn anything else because that that's privacy and they're infringing on your privacy. So if they can overturn your right to have an abortion, they can overturn your right to have interracial marriages. They can overturn, you know, gay marriages. They can overturn anything that has to do with uh, being different can be overturned. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of progression. That's just like, that was just lost in, in a bink of an eye. Bink of an it, eye. It, it's so sad because like we used to be like the leader of the free world, you know? And like we used to be like the country that other countries looked up to and all that. And for, for example, Mexico, like, yay, proud of Mexico, they made it legal to get an abortion in Mexico. So think like, just put that into perspective, Mexico, you know, and I'm not saying that they're not progressive, but like, they're ahead of us and, and, and our other countries, like we are just getting lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and lower on the world stage. Yep. It's like. Um, I have a friend, uh, he's from Belgium. So we often talk, often talk about how like things are in Belgium and how there are all are all over Europe, especially Eastern Europe. And he was like, things here, the greatest thing about America is like it's the fact that you can just make money. Yeah. He's like he like, if you could just make money and stay out of trouble, America's perfect for you because the more money you make, the more experiences you have, the more access to things that you have versus how it is. And like in Belgium, where they're more just like, um, it's not a capitalist society. Right. I mean, I don't know much about Belgium, but I'm sure like that sounds, you know, like a lot of European countries are ahead of us, like yeah. Sweden, Switzerland, Switzerland's like leaps and bounds ahead of us right now. Like it's so crazy and disappointing and, you know. I, and, and then I get nervous too, because I'm totally going to go protest also. And I think we all should, but then here we go again with the protests. You know what I mean? Like it, this reminds me a lot of like black lives matter, which is when you, we did our other podcast then, but yeah. like, how are the protests going to go? Is it going to be violent? You know, are the police going to be there? Is something going to, I'm just so worried now. Like there so, are so many like ripple effects that are happening. And of course, like everyone go out there, exercise your first first amendment fundamental right to protest like that is your fundamental right nobody like go out protest like you know yeah but i'm just nervous with cops too like i don't know what's gonna happen i mean you you saw how the protest went yeah like we all saw how the protest went during black lives matter like a lot of them were violent like you know between the police and the protesters and I'm just, I'm so nervous and I'm just, this country, ugh, I'm so sad. I'm so sad, but like I said, I'm not just reiterating the small amount of positive that we have here. Um, some country or not countries, some states like California, probably Oregon, Washington, New York, Rhode Island, Connecticut, like all the progressive coast states yeah are, are gonna try and codify roe v wade into their state constitution so that it's protected okay. but 
But in, like I said, over half the states, like 26 to 28 states have trigger laws. So as soon as that decision comes down, boom. It's already effective. It's implemented, yeah. That's so insane. It's, it's crazy, yeah. Damn. I don't even know. I don't even know what else to say on that one. It's, 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 I'm just sad, honestly. I'm sad too. I know. I wish, like, I feel like our other two podcasts were more like lighthearted almost, even though they're, we're still talking about like very deep and heavy subjects. I feel like this is like our most. Yeah, like, because like this one, this one hits home. Like the other one hit home as well. So I'm not trying to say, but this is more personal because it's like, this is going to affect our future right now like now and the future because you anything can happen everything we just discussed that could happen is a possibility and the fact that the, the more we progress as people there are still people also even though like the numbers are shrinking but there's still people out there who are like hey i'm stuck in the stone age right and they're happy to be there but you know let's just let's just leave it here for now let's just let's okay. just Okay, this has been heavy. Um, let's just it's leave it here. Heavy. Yeah. But let's let's see how this goes. We should have another. Let's let's have another meeting soon. Let's yes. say after like a month or two to see where things everything goes, especially after this yeah. report. Has so been they're released. saying the final draft should be released June or July. Okay, so let's let's get together then, in around yeah. June or July to see to see what happened. Okay. Yes. Well, it was so good seeing you, despite the circumstances so it was good and congratulations congratulations on being engaged oh yeah thank you thank you (laughs) i can't wait for the wedding yes the wedding (laughs) is uh we're planning for next year in the fall perfect well i'll be there yes you're definitely getting an invite but um thank you kathleen for coming on this has been lavelle and kathleen with a cup of coffee y'all have a good one bye guys bye lavelle bye kathleen